Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you to open your Bibles to Psalms, the 78th chapter today. You know, this, uh, Psalm 78, I think there's like 72 verses to it. It's a long psalm. And the whole, the whole psalm is God rehearsing uh, the, both of the, you know, the horrific mistakes that Israel made when he was endeavoring to take them into their promised land. I'm going to believe that God has a promised land for all of us, even on this side of heaven. I mean, where our lives are, 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 are led by him, blessed by him, and um, uh, so that he can reflect his glory in and through us. And so this psalm, God is speaking specifically to the, to the fathers, the spiritual fathers or the fathers of Israel uh, uh, during their uh, journey um, um, to their promised land. And Psalm 78, he says this, now give ear, give ear, listen up, that's what he's saying. Give ear, O my people, to my law or to my word, okay? And incline your ears to the words of my mouth, but what I'm about to say. So God is speaking right now. See, every time we open our mouths and we say, open your Bible, how many believe that God at that very moment begins to speak to you? He, he just, we, yeah, we didn't come, you know, just to be entertained, you know. Uh, we came to be, not only to minister to our Father, but to allow Him to minister to us through His Word. And so He goes on and says, Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open up my mouth in a parable. He's saying, I'm just going to tell you some natural stories to reveal a spiritual truth. That's what a parable is. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them, these sayings, these truths, from their children. Okay? And uh, showing, that word means recounting, to the generation to come, the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Stop for a moment. This is important. How many here with an uplifted hand could say God has done some wonderful works in your life? Raise your hand. Amen. So he's letting us know that our calling or ministry isn't any difference than what theirs was, okay? There were hand, to hand down to the generation to come, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, hallelujah, that is our calling, especially today, I'm addressing the fathers, especially beginning with the fathers. And the Bible says, for he, God, established a testimony or a witness in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers. It wasn't a request. It was a command. Our fathers, that they should make them these testimonies, amen, known to their children. Hallelujah. That's why every year Israel still celebrates certain events, whether it's the Passover, whether it's, um, oh, Vicky, what's it called? Where uh, Ruth, um, excuse me, Esther, um, you know, where Esther was chosen by God to deliver Israel. Uh, yeah, Purim. Uh, and so they celebrate these. Why? Every year they do. Why? They keep on rehearsing and rehearsing and telling the same story and the same story to their children and to their children's children. So they never forget the stories of their great deliverance from Egypt, the stories of uh, Esther intervening for the sake of Israel because they had been sentenced, every Jew had been sentenced to death. 
uh, and uh, Esther, if she would not have stood up and, or stood out and spoke out, they would have lost their lives. But she was chosen for such a time as this. I believe we, you and I today, everyone here today, everyone watching on, on, uh, online, every one of us have been chosen for such a time as this. Amen. Every one of us for such a time as this. Let's go on. Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, yeah, and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children that the generation to come, that the generation to come might know them, amen, them, those testimonies of God's powerful deliverance uh, that he manifested in their lives, even the children which should be born, the future, we, who should rise up and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep them to their children. That they might set their hope in God, oh, I'm sorry, and forget not the works, of, and keep, and guard, protect, maintain his commandments. And might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their hearts aright, and whose spirit was not steadfast with God, and he specifically addresses the children of Ephraim being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. You know, when God poured his spirit out on the day of Pentecost, it was for a purpose. It was to equip the saints to, inv- to advance the ministry the, to advance the ministry of God's redemptive plan through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Has God, set, has God saved anybody here at church this morning? Has God changed your life this morning? Has God done anything special for you, amen, up to this morning? See, God wants you to testify that he is still present. There's a whole, you got to remember, outside of these doors, there's people out there that honestly do not know that God answers prayer. They don't know that they can be free from what they're bound by. They don't know unless you tell them. Every one of you have a testimony of the delivering power of God, and God wants you to let people know how loving, merciful, and good he is. Give God a good shout of praise if you believe that. Amen. I said give God a good shout of praise if you believe it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So God doesn't want us to turn back in the day of battle when things get tough. So as you read the entirety of 70, Psalm 78, you'll see that God expected specific things from the fathers of Israel. What was the two things? Number one, to impart to the next four generations, because he lists four generations here in this uh, verse one through nine, to impart to the next four generations the knowledge of God's word or his will, which is his will, by continuing to let others know of his goodness and his faithfulness. She, uh, Pastor Vicky shared on some of this this morning. And um, uh, again, how will they know unless you tell them? I said, how will they know unless you tell them? They don't know. And they don't, they'll never know the greatness of God, the delivering power of God, unless we let them know. And that is true. Amen. 5,000 years later, we are the generation that is still carrying out this mission from God to let people know of his greatness, of his great love, and his faithfulness. Amen. Why? Verse 7, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keeping his commandments. See, when, I, uh, when my life ends here on earth... I, want to be, I don't want to be known as one that joined the murmurers, the complainers, 
the fear mongers uh, who, who uh, release such a spirit of fear and doubt within the people that it paralyzed them from going in to get God's best. I want to be one. I want to be on the side of Caleb and Joshua. I want to be known as a man of faith. Hallelujah. That said, we can do this. Let us go up at once and possess the land. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want to be on God's side. So God expected the people to, uh, to take the love and, do, uh, and commitment that he made to them to take that to the world around them or to pass it on. First John 5, 4 says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And then we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the children of Israel, God had commanded and commissioned them to pass on his goodness, his love, his faithfulness to uh, the next generation. Amen. I am so grateful that I have a generation uh, of family here that knows God. Uh, and, uh, and, and our, our, our grandchildren that know God, praise the Lord, and will continue to increase. And they'll, they'll continue to increase in the knowledge of God as they grow up. But I'm grateful they're serving God. Amen. Can I have an amen? I'm grateful that as a father... Um, I, I, I try to do my best. Of course, it takes a team. Uh, Vicky and I together raising three kids that uh, have a reverential fear for God, have a knowledge of his word, a knowledge of his love, a knowledge of his delivering power, a knowledge of his healing. And all, amen? He, say, God is a good God. Amen. So that's what they were called in Psalm 78. The fathers were called to pass on the message of God's goodness to the next generation or to the next four generations. And so he, they would rehearse these things. That every every, every uh, annual celebration, they'd gather together and they'd rehearse their great deliverance from Egypt. They wanted their children to know, just like America today, just like America today, isn't it sad that we have born-again, spirit-filled uh, young men and women going to college and come out not believing in God, not believing in the miracles of God, not believing in the virgin birth? Are you kidding? kidding me? Uh, obviously, obviously, somebody's got to rise up and say, this is enough. I believe in God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. I believe the Word of God is final authority. Amen. I believe in righteousness, holiness. Come on. Somebody's got to rise up. I'm talking about in college. Amen. I appreciate Kufi, Christian Night for Israel, because they have, uh, you know, they're, they're impacting the colleges, not only for the sake of preserving Israel's history and stopping um, uh, this propaganda against Israel, but also preaching Christ. Amen. I said amen. I was just sharing with the um, uh, uh, music ministry up here that um, we joined uh, Kufi when it was 400 members. Now there are 10 million members, and they're making an impact for the glory of God. Amen. Anyway, so God wants them to know. God wants your children and your grandchildren to know how good and kind and merciful he is so that they might put their hope in God always. So God, I want to talk today about leaving a legacy for your family, especially us as fathers. What is a legacy? A legacy is just simply something that you esteem and value greatly and you want to pass on to the next generation. And as far as us as Christian fathers, we want to pass on to our, the next generation about the truth of God's word. As a Christian father, that means exemplifying. It means living out a life of faith, faith in God with an unwavering commitment to his word. Amen. Uh, you know, you, you, think, you, you think sometimes 
that we would grow faster in our walk with God. But you have to understand, that's why these meetings are important. And, agrees, and again, you know, after 40 years, uh, I'm not insecure, in, uh, uh, not insecure when the church is, is half empty, half the people are gone. And it just, that's just, you know, part, it's just part of the process of growing and all the going and uh, to and fro, the business of life. But you're here today because you understand the value of the spiritual things of your life. Because you understand that when you leave these doors today, apart from God's word and God's spirit, you don't have a chance. And that's something that we can backslide in two weeks, but it takes years to get grounded in the Word of God and get rooted in the Word of God, but that's what we do here at Faith Family. We come to learn, to grow, and so that we become everything that Christ wants us to be. Uh, uh, if you agree, say amen to that. And so a legacy is just something of value for us. It's the spiritual things of God that changed our lives. I, I can't, you know, when I got saved, I couldn't shut my mouth just because of the fact that I, I, I'm never, I, 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 are you kidding me? God is really alive? Are you kidding me? God literally sets people free? Amen. And that passion should, should continue on in our How many are grateful that God has changed your life and set you free? So that passion should be alive in your life on a daily basis. Amen. And I know that we live in a very busy world. I know everything is so hectic, you know, and, and, um, and, and things are dark. But see, we are the answer. We have the answer. The answer is in, on the inside of us is Jesus Christ uh, uh, crucified inside of us, uh, resurrected life on the inside of us that changes other people's lives. That, they won't know it, of course, unless you tell them. Tom Landry, the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, he said, my greatest leadership role is not on the football field, but in my home. So he understood that winning on the football field, uh, let, yet, yet losing at home was not an option. And uh, I'm, I'm glad he saw it that way. I said, I'm glad he saw it that way. And of course, he was a believer. So today, quickly, I want to give you two principles to help you leave a legacy or a spiritual imprint on those that are following after you. Amen. Question to you is this. First of all, you're running a race, a spiritual race. Every one of us, I'm talk, talking specifically to the fathers. And at the end of your life, what will have been the most important thing you accomplished? Me, personally, is that my family follow God all the days of their life, but, but that my family, all my family, comes in the kingdom of God. I've got, I've got a... I've got a brother-in-law right now. He's, nine, he's 89 years old, and, and, um, uh, and you know, I'm praying for him and, and his wife, who's my sister, and my other sister, and my brother. And I told the devil, you're not going to have one of my family members. Did you hear me? I told the devil, you're not going to have one of my family members, not one of them. I don't care how messed up they are. I don't care how liberal they are. You know, um, I'm going to stand in faith for the salvation of my family. Uh, every one of them, uh, praise God, I believe they're going to heaven. I believe every one of Vicky's uh, family are going to heaven. Can I have an amen? Because that's what you should be praying for, not giving up on your family. Aren't you glad somebody didn't give up on you? Amen. God is a good God. He wants your family saved. So the first principle is keep the end in mind. Keep the end in mind. 
This, is, this life is going to go by so quick. I know we have young people here today, and just looking at an old guy up here, it's like, I can't believe him. anybody could get that old. I'm pretty young next to a few other people. Uh, but my point is, you're going to blink, and you're going to be my age, because this life goes by like a whisper. I remember when that scripture was told us when we were just 20 years old, that life is but a vapor, James says, and all of a sudden, it, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's going really fast. And so it is important that we get established in the word of God and walk out our salvation, the Bible says, with fear and trembling. Amen. So what will be the most important thing you accomplished at the end of your life? What do you want? Um, in 1508, Michelangelo, he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. It took him four and a half years of very painstaking um, work. And they asked him what kept him going and what motivated him on? Here's what he said. Every day as I laid on my back, I would focus on one square inch at a time. And slowly but surely, those small images became the whole of what I envisioned them to be. Amen. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Every day of your life, every day of your life, allow God to change you from one little degree of glory to another, praise God, until the full picture of Jesus Christ is coming out of your life. Amen. And so for Michael and Angela, he never lost sight of the big picture. And that is for us today as fathers. We have a responsibility to walk with God so that our children have, have a spiritual identity and direction for their lives. I know every one of you that are older today, yeah, um, I always say, you know, I tell younger people, you know, what's the difference between you as a 40-year-old and me as a 71-year-old? Well, as a four, I just simply say, I've lived 31 years that you haven't lived yet. Amen. Uh, about a 20-year-old, well, I've only lived 51 years that you haven't lived yet. It just simply means, now, if you listen to me, I'll simply tell you uh, what I did, what I did wrong, and then I'll tell you what to do, what, what you have to do, what is right, and then do what is right, and you'll avoid a lot of pain from what I did as wrong. <laughs> it is true. Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. The Living Bible says, teach a child to choose the right path, and you do that for a precept and example, and when he's older, he will remain upon it. So what is the difference between teaching and training? Teaching is, a ver is verbal instruction, while training is life application. Remember, James says you've got to be doers of the word, not hearers only. Amen. And though there will be challenges, oh, there always are obstacles and adversities to overcome. God has and will continue to equip you with his word and with his spirit. If you believe that, shout amen. amen. Write this down. What God requires, he empowers. Amen. The second principle is to leave in a legacy is we must live what we love. How many love Jesus today? Amen. We must live, it's not what we love, who we love, excuse me. Jesus said to a lawyer one day who was tempting him, uh, trying to set a trap for him. The lawyer came and asked him, uh, he says, um, teacher, what am I to do to inherit everlasting life? That is to partake of eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And the lawyer rep replied, he had the answer. I said, he had the answer. You, shall, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, hey, you have answered correctly. It's easy to, it's easy to quote a scripture. It's another thing to live it out in your life. And he said, 
you have answered correctly, do this and you will live, enjoy, active, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. So do this. He said, you got the answer. Now just carry it out in your life. Amen. And, and uh, my life will be reflected in you. And I thought, can you imagine how rich and blessed life would be? Now listen to me, because very important, if we would just walk in love. Now, I mean, exercise that. There would never be a divorce if both parties walked in love. There would never be a war if both parties walked in love. Amen? There wouldn't be dissension if both parties walked in love. I'm serious about that. Jesus said, except the seed of corn or wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And so every time you forgive, you're dying. Every time you love someone, you're dying. You're giving something out away from your, leaving your life to benefit someone else, praise God. But the neat thing about it, God returns a great blessing back into your life because you're walking as he walked. Amen. I said amen. amen. Ephesians 5.1 says that therefore, that means it's a continuation, a continued thought from, the, from, the, from what was said previously. So what is therefore? Chapter 4, verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness. Now think about this. He's writing to the church. Paul is writing to the church. So really think about this. Get rid of means you have something to get rid of. Get rid of, he says, all bitterness rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. He's writing to the church. Instead, be kind to one another. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Then he says, tenderhearted. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah. Amen. See, he's letting us, he's instructing us that, hey, as a believer, you can, you can walk on the side of the Adamic nature, or you can walk on the side of the eternal life-changing nature that God put on the inside of you. Amen. Because you can love as Jesus loves. You can forgive as Jesus forgives. You can be long-suffering as Jesus is towards you. Amen. And he expects it. He expects it. The same, he said to the disciples in Luke 6, they said the same measure that you give out, it'll be measured back to you. So if, you, if, you, if you're very shallow when it comes to giving out love, and there come a day when you need a, bond, a bunch of love, it won't be there for you because you never sowed it. So, I mean, it's, just, it's all so easy. The whole principle of law of sowing and reaping is what the kingdom of God is established on. Amen. And he said, be there... Um, so uh, then he goes on and says, verse, chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, be, or because you're listening now and you're getting rid of bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, and all types of evil behavior, and you are now tenderhearted, get, uh, forgiving one another, all right, just as uh, Christ has forgiven you, therefore, be imitators of God, because that's what God does. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. Message Bible, watch what God does and then you do it. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Don't watch what someone else does, because they may not be doing what God does. <laughs> and that doesn't excuse you. Amen. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. So keep company with him and learn a life of love. Isn't that beautiful? Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us, love like that. And I believe that's why 
God chose Abraham. Genesis 18 says, God said, I know Abraham, that he will command his children and his household after him. He, he didn't say he just command his household. He said after him. I know Abraham. He's going to walk with me. He's going he's to fellowship with me. He's going to walk out his salvation. Uh, he's going to be, be a man of reverential fear, a man of faith, a man of obedience. I know him. That's why I chose him. That he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham which he hath spoken of. Amen. Amen. So to leave a legacy, we must live who we love. Diedrich Baumhofer, a minister, you know, most of you probably know who he was. He was one of the few ministers that stood face to face with Hitler to uh, renounce uh, his attack against the Jews, and of course, it did cost him his earth life. But he said this, he said, the righteous man lives for the next generation. You know, when Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to wind this down, when Jesus said that, um, he said, uh, you quoted that, Vicky, this morning in Second Timothy, he says, in the last days, Peter, I mean, Paul told Timothy this, he says, in the last days, perilous times would come. For, here's what he said, for men, for men, now, I'm sure we can reference the women in that and stuff. But for men will be lovers of self, self-centered. That's the amplified. To be self-centered. Jesus, one day, a crowd was following him because he had been feeding thousands of people, healing people. So they were just following him. He turned around. He knows how to get rid of a crowd. He turned around and says, hey, accept you, deny yourself, and follow, uh, deny yourself, he says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. The Amplified says, disown yourself, get rid of yourself and put, put on my nature. He says, unless you do that, uh, you cannot be part of me. Of course, most of them went home. We have made it way too easy, I think, through just um, putting in our spirit, putting notches in our spiritual gun that we led somebody to the Lord. But after that, there's no evidence that, that the Lord is in him. Why? Because we failed to disciple them. And on um, July 10th, uh, we're having uh, um, in um, uh, Tracy Strawberry, Daryl Strawberry's wife. I invited her up here because Pastor Vicky and I were talking, uh, Randy or uh, Melissa, we were talking about discipleship, how crucial it is today that we disciple people. How many agree with me that if we disciple someone, we ourselves will grow ourselves, we will grow ourselves? And so she's coming in to do a teaching on discipleship, which I'm really excited about. And uh, so get ready. That's July 10th, Sunday morning. She'll be here. She's really excited about it. Why? Because we want to be a church that is discipling people, helping people grow so that when they walk out these doors, we don't lose them to the world. Amen. Amen. The righteous man lives for the next generation. You will leave within your children what you live out at home. I love this statement. You are the first Bible your children will read. Isn't that powerful? You're the first Bible your children will read. So as fathers today, and I know this because you're here, that you do want to become a reflection of God's character in your life. You do want to be a reflection of the nine fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians, the fifth chapter. So we must live who we love. Our children also are not looking for perfection, just spiritual consistency. Amen. Just spiritual consistency. 
That's, fathers, that's what they're looking for. And dads, I promise you, if you spend time with God, you'll become like God. Just in, in every morning when you wake up, I, I think even the daily devotions are important. Just every morning you wake up, you read something that will inspire you. Just something that will build you up as a, as a father so that you can invest something into your children, uh, especially in those times where they really do need it. This every day, worship God. Amen. Again, yesterday, I was singing, walking in the favor of God. I'm walking in. And I started laughing again. And I sing constantly. I'm, every day, I'm constantly singing songs to the Lord. Every day I'm making up music in my, my I'm a, I've always been a rhymer, always, I don't know, a little, some hiccup in my character, but I'm always rhyming things. So every day I'm singing songs and I'm rhyming them and I was all, oh, that is so good. And then I forget it. <laughs> so I say, okay, that one went to God. It's in his, it's in, he, he wrote it down. It's in, you know, <clears throat> but that is taking on the character of God that you just in childlike faith Worship him, love him every day. You can do that at work. You can do it at work. No, you don't have to put a big display on. That's what the Pharisees did, you know. They always put a big display on how spiritual they were, and they weren't spiritual at all. Yeah, so you don't have to, just in, all quietly in your, as, you're, as you're working at your death, walking in the favor of God. Yeah. Worship the Lord, tell him you love him. Can I have an amen? amen? Why? Because then those are the things that will come out to you, come out of you when you get home. And the pressure's on, and the stress comes against you. And out of your abundance of your heart, worship and praise and thanksgiving will come out instead of other things. If you agree, say amen to that. Amen. Musicians, you can come. I want to pray with all of you today, especially the fathers. I quoted this a few years ago. Theodore Hesburgh, he was the former president of the University of Notre Dame. He said this, the most important thing a father can do for his children is love their mother. Amen. Is love their mom. I love my wife. I know, I know my children know that. And, um, but it's something that you need to display, not only with words, but, but with actions. Amen. Fathers, why don't you turn to your wives and tell them you love them this morning. I love you, sweetheart. I would kiss you, but my lips won't stretch that far. <laughs> Why don't you all stand? I want to pray for you today. You know, guys, we're all the same. Made the same, built the same, had the same challenges, you know, the same stresses. We all have, we're all, we're all the same. But you know what's cool? We can pray with one another, stand with one another, fight the good fight of faith together. I just want you to know that. I want you to know that because sometimes I get sad in my heart when people think I'm too busy. I'm not ever too busy for you to call me or text me or email me and tell me, hey, I'm fighting some tough things. Would you pray for me, Pastor? And I'll stand with you. I'll never look down on you. Amen. I said I'd never look down on you. Ever, 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 ever. Never devalue you no matter what kind of situation you're in. I would never devalue your spiritual worth. I would never, ever do that. Why? Because I've been through all the challenges of life, and, and uh, I know what it means to fail, and I, I know the joys of su success. I just want you to know success is much better, but it's just the fact that every day the warfare is real, but guys, 
let's pray for one another. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith together. And, and God will do a great, great, mighty work in us as men. Bow your heads if you would. I'm going to pray for all the fathers this morning. And then I'm going to lead you in a prayer confession that it will be on the screen in a few moments. But I just want you to know, dads, the first thing, to be a lover of God, you got to have, you got to have the lover in you. Do you hear me? To be a, to be a, a God lover, you got to have God on the inside of you. His nature has to be in you. And I don't know everybody here that's here today. And, and yet, I, I, you know, most of you here are members and, and some of you. I just want to address this. Just, just please hear my heart. When I gave my life to Christ and, and, and when I was 20 years old, uh, yeah, I was just a, just a couple of months uh, short of being 21. I had no idea because I was raised in church, went to Sunday school. My mom and dad took me to Sunday school, went through catechism or confirmation and all that stuff you go through. So in my head, I knew the Lord, but not in my heart. And there's a huge difference. And if you're here today and you know, and again, I'm not your judge, you know, you answer for yourself. Is Jesus inside of my heart? Is he my savior? You know, you have to answer that. And if the answer is no, then I'm going to pray with you and help you make that transition from spiritual death to spiritual life, from, from Christ moving from head knowledge to heart knowledge. Jesus called it being born again. And you cannot love like God unless you've got God on the inside of you because God is love. Do you understand that? So that is the, that is the men, that is the answer to every challenge of life is that you get God on the inside of you. Because when you get God inside, he graces you for everything that you need to, to do and, and that you need to be as a man. Amen. Amen. So bow, everybody bow your head for a moment. So I'm not going to take a lot of time, but I want you to know if Christ Jesus is not your Savior, uh, please, please make him your Savior today. Don't leave here without letting the one who loves you unconditionally come on the inside of your heart and change you from the inside. And I, I mean, if you're like me, guys, you can look in the mirror. And you, I mean, every time I look in the mirror, you know, I see weakness uh, because I'm looking at the external. But thank God the Holy Ghost lives on the inside of me. He, God lives in this house. Hallelujah. And I praise him for that because anything that good that you see in me or see through me is Christ inside of me. I want you to know that. So if Jesus is not your savior today, would you quickly lift your hand up and just pray for you? Anybody? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Thank you, young man. You put your hand down. Anybody else? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want Jesus Christ in my life. I want him. I'm going to surrender all that I am and give everything to him and that he might be everything I need him to be. Jesus loves us. Amen. I said, Jesus loves us. Praise God. Let's all lift our hands. We're going to make a, we're all going to pray this prayer. And here's another thing, kids. Listen, it, it, may, may this be a rededication. If it has to be, re, men, rededicate your heart to the Lord. Uh, I mean, commit everything that you have to him. If you'll do that today, he'll hear that cry of your heart, and he will come in and grace you to conquer everything that's conquering you at this moment in your life. Everybody, all the men, lift your hands if you would. And all the men, pray this out loud. Uh, no, the women too. Let's all pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your unconditional love. I receive it by faith. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. 
I'm sorry, Lord. I, re, I, I yield my life to you. And Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I receive you by faith. Right now, God, you are my Heavenly Father. I believe that. And I believe from this day forward, as I yield my life to you, you will change me into your image and likeness in Jesus' name. Now give God a good shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to put that prayer up, if you would. And guys, everyone, all the ladies bow your head and reverence and all the men. But the fathers, I want you to pray this prayer, if you would, today. And I, I wrote this out for you. And let's just pray this. Everyone, God, I ask you in Jesus' name to change me into the God-man you've called me to be. Please change my heart, my attitude, my character, my ambitions, and my confession. I accept my role as the spiritual leader of my family and thank you that what you require, you empower. Please help me become everything my family needs me to be, a man of righteousness, godliness, and holiness, a man who loves you and proves it with a life of faith in and obedience to your word in every area of my life. Bless me with your wisdom so that I may bless my children with your presence in Jesus' name. Can you lift your hands and thank them for that? Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.